Well, today's uh, lesson is different than what we've done the last three, four weeks. Um, we've been, we were doing a study on the will of God, and I hope it was beneficial, helpful to you. It was helpful to me as I was going through studying it. Uh, today is a, a, a big picture, a big picture uh, topic. Hopefully, I mean, really, I, I only got one lesson to go, so I really can't uh, make two parts out of it, although that's the tendency. I'll try to get through all of it best I can. It's about this. It's about a biblical worldview. Now, this topic, two years ago or maybe so, I, I taught on this topic in my young adult class, so some of you may be somewhat familiar with it. I did um, go through it again and change some things on it, hopefully improved it a little bit. Uh, but it's very important that we understand what our worldview is and understand that we have a biblical worldview. Big picture. Pastor Bill, just, just today before I, I came up, he said about uh, Jimmy Buffett. And we think, yeah, okay, he's a billionaire, but remember, how much did he take with him? This all goes back to your worldview. What's important to you? Why are you doing what you're doing? He also made the um, comment about being assistant pastor. And, you know, that I'm following after John and Moon and I think that's the only other two. I just hope he, uh, I, I don't get the, the same statement that he got from Pastor McKinney, which was, you are the worst assistant pastor I've ever had. <laughs> he has not said that yet. There's still time. But that was apparently after Pastor McKinney had about 10 assistants before Pastor Bill, he had said that. And that was... There was a wild story uh, leading up to it, and he was late for church, and you've probably heard it before, but if not, ask him about it, because uh, it's funny. He later took it back, Pastor McKinney took it back and said, no, I didn't really mean it, but who knows? So Pastor Billy has not said that yet to me, but who knows? Back to the worldview. Uh, it's important that we have a biblical worldview. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine, the Pharisees, they were after him, trying to stump him, um... On a, on a few different things, but, but he said to them, he said, ye do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. And that's our world today. They don't know the scriptures. They don't know what the Bible says. They don't believe the Bible. Even the Pharisees, they had the word of God right in front of them, but yet they just totally missed it. And we got a world out there, uh, and we've got a society, however Christian it may be in name or uh, history, we err. In our nation errors, and our society errors, and the world errors, and we don't know the power of God because we don't have the proper worldview uh, that we should have. So, what is a biblical worldview? What is a biblical worldview? Before we uh, define and get really down to what is a biblical worldview, we really have to just get uh, the idea and understand what a worldview is in general. And so, what is a worldview? Worldview is a comprehensive um, conception or apprehension of the world, especially from a specific standpoint, not my definition, internet definition there, but how we see the world. The first slide I had up there was a picture of some glasses and looking through, because a worldview is how you see the world and how you answer life's most uh, basic questions. Um, months ago, Pastor did, had me do a study on the seven wonders, life, life's most basic questions. Those really boil down to your worldview and uh, what you think about everything that we experience here in this world. There are really um, six major worldviews. You could argue a few or more. Uh, some of them 
tend to overlap a little bit. Um, but we have theism, deism, naturalism, existentialism, postmodernism, and pantheism. A brief rundown of what each of those are. Theism, um, again, definition here. God is the infinite and absolute creator and ground of everything and everyone, the source and destination of all life, being knowledge and action. Now, I hope that you... Uh, hold to that as we do here. And now just because a person believes that doesn't mean they're saved and they're on their way to heaven. I think we need to understand that. Okay, because this is the foundation for Judaism, for Christianity. Yes, I mean, even Islam would be considered uh, uh, theistic. And so uh, deism, the re re uh, reality is divided into two aspects, matter and spirit, or the physical and the non-physical or nature and supernatural, and there really isn't much overlap in there. You got naturalism, the idea that only natural laws and forces, as opposed to supernatural ones, operate the universe. Naturalism would tend to fall into the same category um, as atheism. Atheism and naturalism pretty much go hand in hand. And so those two things, uh, I would definitely think atheism uh, would be at the top, but that's where I was explaining kind of there is some overlap uh, in these. Extensionalism, life doesn't seem to be inherently coherent, meaningful, or particularly conductive to happiness, but we can work to create order, meaning, and happiness anyways, that we are the one that influ we are the ones that influence uh, the world and give meaning to life because really there isn't any meaning to life outside of what we make of it ourselves. And some people without the Bible, without the knowledge of the scriptures, I can see where, you know, they maybe come up with that. Postmodernism, there is no grand meta narratives, only narratives, no facts, only interpretations, no independently exist existing reality, only perspective we construct. There's no truths, only truths. This is being uh, promoted heavily in secular colleges, universities, those types of institutions, even in uh, public school system. Um, they don't maybe come right out and call it that and say this is what we're teaching. However, when you look at the curriculum, what they study, and I should say the results, what they're producing, it comes back to uh, much of postmodernism, no absolutes. And then pantheism would be uh, the other one, the view that God is identical with the cosmos, that there exists nothing which is outside of God, um, or negatively as a rejection of any view that considers God as distinct from the universe. This is that God and the universe are one. Okay, Buddhism, Hinduism, um, just as Toism, those would be uh, an examples of pantheism. And so those are the worldviews. So as we think about worldviews, and you may be wondering uh, today, I, I don't know every single one of you, uh, but does worldview really matter? And what is your worldview. Oh, I skipped the slide, so here we go. Your worldview is important because it determines how you will respond to life's issues. Here are some examples. Why a worldview is important and why to really determine, get down to the nitty-gritty about your worldview, is how you're going to respond to things like natural disaster. Turn on the news and go look at, uh, go on a news channel and hear them talk about the disaster in Hawaii. Okay, your worldview is going to give you a pretty perspective on what you think about that situation. And believe me, you turn on the various news channels, they all got a different opinion about it because worldviews are different. Politics, absolutely. Christians ought to vote differently than the heathen. 
and the people without God. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, I think so. Trouble, trouble. Um, folks, even in our church, going through trouble at this time, it's important that you got an accurate worldview to help get you through it. Um, business, how you conduct yourself, your employment, relationships with others, and of course, death, all those things have to do with why your worldview really matters. So what is your worldview? Here are seven questions here that will help identify your worldview. What is prime reality? Now that may be, not be a term that we often discuss and think about, but it's the understanding of what is real. As Bible-believing Christians, we understand that there is more than what we physically see. That there is a spiritual world, and that spiritual world is just as real as this is real. I mean, do you believe, do you believe without a shadow of a doubt that the moment you die, that you enter into eternity, and you're there just as much as you are here? I mean, do you believe that? We would say that is prime reality. That's exactly what you believe about what is real and what is not real. What is the nature of the world or universe around us? Let me explain. Is, is the world or universe just chaotically spinning around without any sort of control? Or is there a masterful design behind it? Not only is there a masterful design behind it, because a lot of people would agree, they could look and they say, yes, I believe in an intelligent design. But just because you believe in intelligent design does not necessarily mean that you believe in the God that we believe in. A lot of religions believe in that. Um, some have the idea even, your worldview, maybe, uh, have you ever heard of the watchmaker theory? That basically God started the world, he created it, and then he just basically set the time and then he took his hands off it and he's really not involved. He's really not involved with things of this life and the affairs um, in the day-to-day -day things. He just kind of lets it go and spin out of control. There's people who, who would believe that. We know the Bible um, teach op opposite of that. He cares about the affairs of men, and I'm thankful that he does. Otherwise, we'd all be on our way to hell. What is a human being? What is a human being? Is there any significance? Is there any difference between humanity and animals? If you go into the average uh, classroom textbook, you could open it up and it would describe humans as being animals. Now, I've maybe met a few that I would say could be in that category, but generally speaking, generally speaking, hey, we are drastically different uh, from animals. And I think it's an insult to God because we are creating God's image to even suggest that that is a possibility. Is, uh, what happens when a person dies? Go around your community. I think it's an uh, important thing to ask friends, people you socialize with, socialize with, what happens to them when they die. You give you a perspective on what their worldview is. Um, is it possible to know absolute truth? Are there certain things that are right and th certain things that are just wrong, regardless of culture, regardless of age, regardless of upbringing? Is there absolute truth? How do we know what is right and wrong? Is it just some feeling we get inside? Is it just our conscience that tells us this is right and this is wrong? That's kind of a scary thing, isn't it? Because not everybody feels the same way. So what? how do we know really what is right and what is wrong? And then the last seventh question here is, what is the meaning of human history or who is in charge 
of history. What is the purpose, if you would? Some more questions you could basically ask to help give you an idea of maybe where your worldview is at would be your origin. Where do I come from? Am I here by happenstance? Or am I here for a design purpose? Uh, purpose by design. Your identity, who am I? Meaning, what is my purpose? Morality, how should I live? Destiny, what happens when I die, as we already mentioned? These are the big questions that everybody ought to have an answer to so you can identify what your worldview is. Do you have a biblical worldview? You may have answered some of those questions. You may uh, maybe have agreed with some of my uh, statements that I made about uh, my opinion and belief on it. But what about you? Do you have a biblical worldview? Do, do absolute and moral truths exist? If you're going to have a biblical worldview, it's important that you believe that. And let me say, uh, I'm making a statement here by saying a biblical worldview versus a Christian worldview. You could argue, yeah, they're the same thing. When you go out and you talk to people and you meet people, you turn on the TV, you listen on the radio, and you hear the word Christian, that is a big, broad, humongous term. I mean, there are people who claim to be Christians, I mean, that just aren't even, I mean, not even close. Absolutely, they on two ends of the spectrum. So I, I specifically tried to use the word biblical worldview, because it's about what the Bible says, not but... Um, you know, a group of people would say, because there is a big difference. I mean, Christians, Christians, there are Christians out there that believe they can earn their way to heaven. That's not a Christian. That's not a biblical worldview. We understand, I hope you understand where I'm coming from on that. Um, is absolute truth defined by the Bible? Meaning, do you get what, what is right and what is wrong based on what the scriptures say? Or is it more on personal opinion? Because there's times where my personal opinion and what I think is right or wrong contradicts what the Bible says. There are times. I, think, I don't think anybody can read through the Bible and say, oh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly in line with everything. Not, not the case. Because God's ways are not man's ways. And so when we read God's ways, they often rub us the wrong way. So, did Jesus Christ live a sinless life? Did he have any sin? Was he born in order to do that, he had to have been born of a virgin. That's a hard pill for people who are not Christians to swallow. Jesus born of a virgin. Do you, do you hear how like crazy that sounds? I mean, it does. We're used to, we're used to it because we hear it all the time. We believe it wholeheartedly. We have faith, um, of course, based on um, um, some facts that we have about the life of Christ and uh, the Word of God and things. But, Wow. But in order to have a biblical worldview, you need to believe that Jesus Christ was born of virgin, lived a sinless life. Is God the all-powerful and all-knowing creator of the universe? And does he still rule it today? Even though there's a lot of chaos in the world going around. Is salvation a gift from God that cannot be earned? Is Satan real? Does a Christian have a responsibility to share his or her faith with other people. Yes. And is the Bible accurate in all of its teachings? In all of its teachings. You ask the average person, they'll say, yeah, I believe the Bible. But then you say, well, what do you believe about this specifically? Oh, no, 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 I don't believe that. How many of you have run in that before? 
Because you always like set up, do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? Oh, yeah, I do. But then you start asking them some questions, and immediately they abandon that. Um, one statistic I have later on in here, I'm just going to jump to it now. Barna Research did a thing that uh, of Christians, like only 4% believe the Bible in totality in every area. Only 4% of people who claim the name to be Christians. That's pretty pathetic. That's pretty bad. So how do we establish a biblical worldview? You may say, well... Uh, you know, I got some issue with some of that. How do you establish a biblical worldview? I think um, it's important to go over these, really, these four things, and they're pretty simple, something anybody can do. Prioritize Bible reading and prayer. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. That's pretty good advice. Romans 12, 2. Does this verse look familiar? Hope it does. It's the one we went over the last three weeks. If you don't remember that, where have you been? <laughs> and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God um, that is not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your Get a Bible reading schedule. A testimony, which if I was not a Bible reader, um, after all the testimony that folks in the church stand up, they say, I hear it time to time, people get up and sing special music, all, all over the place people say, I am so thankful that what? Pastor Bill encouraged us to read our Bibles. If he could require it, I'm sure he would encouraged us to read our Bibles. How many of you have heard somebody share a testimony like that? So listen, if you're not a Bible reader, you are missing out. And the testimony of all these people here is that Bible reading changes your life because this is God's Word and this is the way God speaks to us. We'll have an opinion about the world and we come to the Scriptures and say, wow, well, my opinion is different than what the Bible says. And as we mentioned before, we stick back with the Word of God. That's the part of renewing our minds. You say, well, the Bible is a big book. I mean, I'm not a reader. How many of you would say, I don't really like to read? Okay, thank you for being honest. Hey, i got to force myself to read. I'm right in that category. I don't sit down there, I don't curl up on a couch and open a book and start reading. That's just not my personality at all. Okay, so I'm with you. And for somebody that has maybe never read the Bible through, and you're sitting here and say, well, I want to do what's pleasing to God, read His Word. I want to have a biblical worldview, read His Word. I just don't know if I can conquer it. Please don't make the mistake, which I would not really recommend anybody just start in Genesis and work your way through. How many of you think that's, that would be a pretty tough thing to do for your first time? Start in Genesis, read your way through. Yes, you got a lot of folks in here who have read the Bible through a lot. They know that that's a difficult thing. Okay, so if you ever try to help somebody, say, you need to read your Bible, how about you tell them how to read their Bibles? If I was starting out brand new, and I didn't read my Bible, and I was looking to get in a routine, what is something I would do? I would recommend to go to the book of John, absolutely, one chapter a day, one chapter a day, absolutely. Another great book to read is Proverbs, Proverbs. Practical living for life. Something that's going to just help you immediately is the book of Proverbs. One a day. Whatever the date is, that's the one you read. Literally five minutes you could read through it. So, 
Again, there really is no excuse for not doing that, but that's going to help us develop this worldview. Memorize Scripture. We, have, we push Scripture memory, as you know, um, about that. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through God's Word. I, I, have a, I had a friend who was uh, going to a secular university, got saved, and uh, was studying science and things. And one of the big hang-ups that this person had was about evolution versus creation. I mean, again, this person's whole life had been taught that life evolved from millions of years and um, that it just happened really by chance. And again, there is, there is a camp that claims to be you know Christians, but yet they believe in uh, theistic evolution, meaning that God just started it millions and billions of years ago and that it evolved. We do not hold to that. We believe the Bible. Again, six literal day creation. But this person just could not get over that. And they ended up just saying, God, I'm going to need your help to get me over that. And they begin to pray and earnestly desire what God desired, that, that their mind would be changed. And you know what? God took that away. Isn't that pretty amazing? That's the Holy Spirit inside. Again, inside us helping us and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us through God's Word. Another way that we can establish a biblical worldview is guard what you see, you hear, you read. Colossians 2.8, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. He's talking about worldview here. After the tradition of men and the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Are you impressionable? Okay. How about, let's ask this again. Are you impressionable? Yes. Yes. You may say, well, no, I'm not. You are. Believe me. You are even the most stubborn one of you is impressionable. Seriously, we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you ever watched a TV program? Now, don't start getting all holier than thou on me. Have you ever... Started watching a TV, watched a TV program, watched a movie. It had some cursing in there. Next thing you know, the next day, something happens. You stub your toe. You have some sort of an accident, and something flies out of your mouth or through your mind that shouldn't. Some word. And by the way, it was one of the same words that you heard on that TV program the night before. We all would say, yes, yes, because we are impressionable, and we don't even always know it. And so those things do make a difference. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The verses following that are super important. He says, put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. He said, guard your mouth. Your heart is your mind, your will, and emotions. How do you guard that? Hey, watch your mouth, what you say. Let thine eyes not look on the right hand, uh, and let not thine eyelids look straight before thee. Don't get distracted, and what you see affects you. And then ponder the path of thy feet. That kind of has to do with worldview. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Get away from it. We guard our eyes. We guard our mouth. We guard our path. And guess what? It's going to help keep our heart. Because we are impressionable. That's why God told the Israelites, don't be marrying people who aren't Jewish, who aren't Israelites, who don't love the same God you love, because the Israelites were impressionable. Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, 
fell prey and succumbed to other gods because he was impressionable by the women that he hung around. If it can happen to Solomon, can it happen to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we must keep our heart with all diligence. Practically speaking, uh, we're going to move on to the next thing, but practically speaking here, what are some examples of that? We watch TV program that has sex outside of marriage, and you watch that day in, day out, day in, day out. After a while, you start thinking to yourself, ah, that's really not as big of a deal, I think, as the Bible's making it. Okay, this is just the reality of it. This is how the slippery slope goes. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issue of life. You start watching TV programs and things that have uh, alternative lifestyles, homosexuals, transgender. Again, it is a natural thing to start becoming sympathetic towards that instead of agreeing with, with what the Bible says about it. Folks, this is the reality of it. Keep our hearts with all diligence. The list could go on and on about things, but we don't have time. Oh, for some reason, my title didn't come up first. But establishing a biblical worldview, this is number three. Let me get in my notes here. Reflect on Christ, Colossians 2, 6 through 7. As he therefore hath received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. If you ever start to find yourself drifting away from what the Bible teaches, think back about what Jesus has done for you. Think back about what you were, what you came from, how Christ has brought you to the place that he is. Remember the moment of salvation when you trusted Christ as your Savior. Everybody ought to, ha ought to know the moment they trusted Christ as their Savior. They may not remember the, may remember the date. Maybe they don't know the exact place or the exact location, but they ought to remember the moment where they in their spirit, reached out and accepted God's free gift for them. And when I think back about what Christ did for me, when I tend to err, when I tend to wander, when my worldview begins to change in a way that's not pleasing to God, I can think back to what Christ did for me. And it really helps reel me in. and allows me to say, wow, Christ loved me so much. Hey, I'm going to live pleasing according to his word. Fourthly, I think this is a great one. This is going to be our last slide. Um, no time to go through the few more that we have after this. But establishing a biblical worldview, this one I think is just a real practical one, is familiarize yourself with Christian history. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church saying, you know, we have this idea, yes, we're following Christ, which we are, but it's also not wrong to follow after somebody who's following Christ. Like Pastor Bill could say, look, I'm following Christ. Hey, follow after me. That's what the Bible reading is. There's no specific command. You got to read through your Bible in a year. But what, what's he saying? Follow me as I follow Christ. And as we look back throughout Christian history and see the influence that they had and see how they live, it strengthens my faith. Also, when you go back and you read biographies about Christian people throughout history, it helps me gain perspective about life that I haven't experienced for myself. Generations before us have went through immense trouble that I've never experienced. And when I see the way they acted, it helps me get my worldview in order. 
and uh, helps me hopefully live for Christ. So um, hope you have a biblical worldview. Um, if you don't, and you got some, you say, I don't agree with you on all that. Hey, I'd love to chat with you. Um, friendly conversation. And we can uh, discuss some things about that. And anyways, hope this helps you big picture in all areas of life. Dear Lord, we thank you for a few moments as we look into this. Um, help us when our ideology and, and our philosophy contradicts the word of God that uh, we just in faith believe what you said. I mean, for some of us, it may not even be this side of heaven that we totally understand uh, why we do certain things uh, and why you have ordered things a certain way, but may we just trust you for it uh, based on what you've already done in our lives and how you changed our lives so dramatically. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida, also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.